Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Climate Champions Podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Orr, and this is episode eight on NASCAR, green racing, and off-the-track sustainability. I'm joined for this episode by my fellow Canadian, Joey McComb. Joey's a professional driver for Canada's best racing team in NASCAR's Pinty Series and Trans Am Series, and he's also an ambassador for Earth Day Canada. The transcript for this episode and show notes with links to all the things we're talking about today can be found on the Sport Ecology Group's website at sportecology.org slash podcast. So Joey, tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into racing and what made you pursue racing as a career? Something my dad used to take, he used to take me to the local racetrack uh, quite a bit when I was growing up. And as I got older and older, you know, definitely wanted you know, it was something that I wanted to try. And I was kind of late in life compared to, I guess, most that get into racing. You know, usually the, the path is, you know, kids that are, are, you know, under 10 get into go-karts and kind of move up the ladder that way. You know, I wasn't until I was 15, 16, then I went right into a stock car. More so as a hobby, something to do with my dad, you know, building the car together, racing it together on the weekends. And then, you know, the addiction kind of started there and, and here we are today. <laughs> So situate us a little bit with that. Where where did you grow up and was is racing a part of the culture? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in, in Ajax, Ontario. Right on, you're uh, my neighbor. I'm from Toronto. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so we had a Mossport at the time. It's now called Canadian Tower Motorsport Park. That wasn't too far away. Peterborough had quite a few racetracks. We used to go up, the, up that way. You know, we d- definitely had the Toronto Indy every summer, so... You know, I remember my dad taking me down to that to see those races. And then just kind of in our backyard in Whitby, we had a really big go-kart track that he'd take me out to every now and again and and do the go-karts around around the track there. So that definitely helped, you know, uh, get me into it. But like I said, it wasn't until later in life, you know, especially with my mom. She didn't want to let me do it when I was younger. So I kind of had to wait till I had my driver's license to to make that decision. (laughs) Right. I mean, I can understand her concern, right? It can be a very dangerous sport. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, nowadays it's a lot safer than what it used to be. There's there's such an emphasis on safety, on the equipment that drivers wear, on the way the cars are built, even the way the tracks are designed. There's a lot more safety considerations that go into every little detail. But, you know, obviously it is a dangerous sport and things do happen. And so, I could, yeah, definitely could see it from her, her point of view. And then, you know, you're touching on things have changed a lot, you know, even just in your career in the sport, but even before that, with a a bigger focus on safety, there's also been some other big changes happening in the sport over the last couple of decades. Obviously, a lot of new technology going into the vehicles, but some interesting moves, especially on the environmental side as well. And I know that that's been something you've championed yourself. So tell me a little bit about how racing cars and, and climate change or the environment go together. You know, these aren't things that I would have put together, but having read your story a little bit, I was intrigued. And I think some of our listeners might be as well. For sure. Yeah. I mean, at first I didn't put it together either. It wasn't really on my radar. It was just cars and growing up around cars and always rebuilding them and, you know, more horsepower and never really thinking about how much gas was being used and then what that meant to the environment. Where it kind of came full circle for me is, you know, I went into take an engineering degree out of my love for racing. And as I was going through my program, we got into second, third, fourth year. And when we were doing design work, it was always emphasized that we had to consider sustainability in every design. So I started to do more research around climate change and 
environmental impact, sustainability, just the way that we designed anything that we designed in engineering. And then it hit me at the racetrack one day. We were under a rain delay and I was walking up and down the paddock area and I was noticing these these big steel drums that were being used for garbage cans and literally anything and everything was inside these garbage cans and probably, you know, 95% of what was in these cans could have been recycled or, you know, diverted. So that's when it hit me. And then, you know, I started doing more research around racing and just, you know, what our impact was and our footprint was and hooked up with Earth Day Canada. And that's kind of where I, where I realized, you know, if I'm going to continue racing and I'm going to be taking an engineering degree where everything is heavily focused on sustainability, you know, I better figure out a way to put the two of them together. Right. And so you say you hooked up with Earth Day Canada. I know what that is because I grew up in Canada, but I don't think many of my students in the States, especially, but, you know, the people in the the sports world may not be familiar with that. Can you just tell us a little bit about what Earth Day Canada is all about? You know, what your role was as an ambassador and and how that led to a stronger platform for you as an environmental activist? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Earth Day, obviously, it's 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 focused around, you know, one day a year where, you know, where we put a heavily focus on the environment and and education around that but i mean it's earth day really is every day and so i approached the office here in canada and i believe there's there's a u.s organization that's pretty much the, the same but i approached the office in toronto and and at first they were kind of like no there's, there's no way we're gonna we're going to partner with somebody that races in nascar that's just you know crazy and i said you know let me just come in and, and talk to you guys i just i want to share you know my kind of aha moment that i had here a few weeks ago and just hear me out. And so I went in and I sat with, you know, at the time, the president and the director of communications, and we just had a chit chat. And, you know, by the end of it, they, you know, they definitely saw my point of view, but they still felt that, you know what, it's going to be hard to convince the team, you know, do you mind coming in and having kind of a round table with, with everybody in the office? And, and so it was really interesting because they kind of, they saw that, you know, this could be an opportunity to, to reach a demographic that maybe doesn't consider, you know, 100% their environmental impact. So, I ended up going into the office and they shut the whole office down for the for that time I was there. And we all got in a big circle and everybody, you know, went around. I introduced myself. I told my story. They went around in a circle asking me questions. You know, I had to essentially, you know, what the president and director of communication said was, look, you're going to have to, you know, get the buy-in of everybody here if we're going to support you and what you do. And And so we left the office and everyone was, you know, completely on board. And the kind of the message at the end of the day was, you know, look, like, we know cars is kind of here to stay. The automotive industry, it's not really going anywhere. You know, racing has been around for, you know, as long as cars have been around. So we don't really see that going anywhere. So just because, you know, it may not be viewed as the most environmentally friendly thing, it definitely needs a champion from within. And that was my story to them. And, and you know, they definitely, you know, they bought in on that completely. And we did a lot of events together. We did a lot of education events together. We, we went into schools. We still do a lot of that stuff today. I'm involved with, you know, more than just Earth Day, kind of expanded the reach and we're trying to do different things on our race team that, that spreads that same message. So, you know, it was very interesting when we first approached it, but you know, everyone saw the fit, you know, once uh you know, once we all kinda of sat sat down and, you know, laid it out and and we all agreed that yeah, you know what, it's not going anywhere. So, you know, let's figure this out together. You know, I think what you were saying about finding a champion from within is so key because there's so many industries the automobile automotive industry, wow, automotive industry certainly being one of them where sustainability isn't the first thing that comes to mind, certainly, and 
but at the same time isn't going anywhere. And I think that's a really interesting point because, you know, it'd be great to say, let's be 100% more sustainable in every aspect of our life. That would be, you know, that would be nice. But from a realistic point of view, how do you take what you've got, what already exists and just make it a little bit better and make those, you know, inches and, and steps forward your purpose, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the message. It does take that champion from within. And, and even if we can just do, you know, one thing at a time, right? And show people that, you know, it wasn't that hard to do that one thing. And that one thing can turn into two and three and four and so on and so forth. And especially if everyone kind of gets together, that one person can, can turn into two, three, four and on down the line, right? So that was the message, yeah. And you were saying that you've done a little bit more than just Earth Day Canada, you you know, you've been going into schools and doing different sorts of events. Can you tell me a little bit about those? And I'm, you know, particularly interested these days with the kids. How do we get the kids on board? I mean, in many ways, they're way ahead of us as adults with these climate <laughs> protests recently. They're they're really kicking our butt um, on this one. But, you know, what do you say to kids who are in racing, who may not be in racing or just in school and curious about who you are and what you do? What do you say to them? How do you get them interested and involved in this kind of work? Yeah, we, when we, we first started it, like you said, <laughs> it, it was kind of embarrassing because here I am, you know, proud of, you know, the story that I'm telling. I think, you know, these kids are going to be really inspired by what I have to say. But really what ends up happening is go in and kind of give my talk about who I am, what we're doing. And, you know, we talk about Earth Day and how to get involved. And then, and then we kind of open the floor up. And then we hear what these kids are doing within their schools and communities. And the stories that they're sharing with me, and I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, you're way ahead of me. Like, you know, why couldn't you just said that when I first started talking? Right, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's that's the, that's kind of the inspiring thing is that you know when when I go and I kind of get inspired. And so now, what we're actually trying to do with our program is to look at how do we engage through STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math to tackle maybe environmental issues kind of a little bit deeper than than just how it started. I mean, how we started was just very basic, like. You know, hey guys, you know, here's my story. You know, I noticed we weren't really recycling properly. We really should be. And then, you know, they would share their stories of being, you know, way ahead of me. And so now I'm going, okay, hold on here. I'm an engineer who race cars. You know, we could do better than this. So, and now, you know, especially with the STEM stuff, that these kids are, I think they're they're doing way more than than I remember ever doing in school. And so I feel like, you know, our future's in pretty good hands when it comes to the environment because they just, they care so much because it's just, it's just what it is. I mean, when I was growing up, like we, you know, we never really understood it and we had to learn it. But now for these kids, like it's just second nature. It's just part of life. Right. And there's so much you can harness with that. Right. And then, you know, we are saying that they're so far ahead of you. What are some of the things that you've seen young people doing that are particularly inspiring or particularly cutting edge? And how do you incorporate that into to your work? I mean, one example is, I mean, we remember going into a school and the community involvement that these kids were doing was pretty awesome. Like they were educating their community just on even just a composting program, but they were taking it to such a, a huge degree of you know, offsetting everything in the school where, you know, the school was like on a hundred percent, you know, diversion. And, you know, that may not seem like a huge accomplishment, but it's a, that's a huge deal, especially when it's, you know, the kids that are doing it. And, and I mean, we're going into elementary school, so we're talking seven, eight years old up to 10, 11, 12, right? So for what these kids are doing, is it's crazy. And then they get into high school and then they start, you know, getting more into science, technology, engineering, math, and then seeing what they can do with that. And even just the technology component, you know, they're, they're way ahead. So 
a lot of that is very inspiring because it's, you know, what can we then, you know, learn from that and apply it to our race team. And the only unfortunate thing we have with our race team is that we're bound to the rules of NASCAR. And so a lot of the fuel choices, we don't really have a choice on fuel and tires and that kind of thing. So we have to kind of look at, at different areas when it comes to the race team, it, more so materials that we use, how we recycle materials, what we do when we're at the track. One big initiative that we did was we always prepared with local food and we had 100% diversion at the track as well, as far as our team went. And so we focused on the different communities that we went into and bought local, you know, whether that was from local farmers market or you know, local grocery stores that were, you know, produced locally. Like we bought all of our products that was produced locally. And then we just kind of try to measure the impact from that and then tell that story. Because I think it's more so the story is if we can do this, and there's no reason why anybody else can't do it. Right. And what are NASCAR's, where is NASCAR going with environmentalism? Are they doing anything, you know, you're working in that scene and in my mind, it's the least sustainable one in the world. So, right. you know, aside from literally burning and polluting coal, I'm not too sure what else there is aside from NASCAR, you know? so. What yeah. are they doing? I know that NASCAR has got a fabulous new green program. They've been, you know, taking up the mantle in, in whatever ways they can. Like you say, that it might not be the car itself. It might be everything around it. But can you tell me a little bit about what you've seen happening on that front and where you see it going? Yeah. As far as what has happened, like they created a division called NASCAR Green. And really, it was, you know, how to utilize all the partners in NASCAR to, you know, to create a, you know, a greener sports arena and entertainment products. So. Yes, the car is one thing, and they've done things with the car, like you know, switching to a, an ethanol-based fuel. Now, where that car is going, I think it's exciting. I was just in a meeting the other day, and they're talking about this new car that they're calling the Gen 7 car that will come out in 2021 that will potentially be a hybrid vehicle. So it's kind of interesting where the car is going because it's kind of being driven by the manufacturers telling NASCAR what they want. So manufacturers, meaning you know, Ford, Chevrolet. Toyota, who are the big three players currently in NASCAR, yeah, they're kind of telling you know NASCAR what they need and what they want and 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 what's important to them, and it all kind of comes back to you know having a more sustainable vehicle and more what you know Ford, GM, Chev, and Toyota is actually producing for streetcars. So that's very interesting because you're going to see a lot change there in that space in the next two or three years as far as the car goes. As far as the NASCAR Green program, it was more developed around how to, you know, create better programs at the racetrack, at the facilities, and within NASCAR itself. And so they've done a lot of work there, especially with the facilities. You know, just greening the facilities or making them more sustainable. There's such a big focus on the other sports pro leagues like NHL, NBA, MLB and their facility and the NFL and their facilities. And a lot of them are, are starting to reach, you know, lead levels, you know, like the the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto and and so on and so forth. And so in NASCAR, that was never even thought of, that type of facility, sustainability around the facilities. And so a lot of NASCAR Green's focus was on getting the facilities up and up to snuff and, and creating a playbook for them and, and creating resources for them and, and creating fan engagement. Even fan engagement was a, a huge component when they brought out the ethanol base fuel in the cars and, and the, uh, the fuel injection computer technologies. And then what they were doing with the facilities, they also put an equal importance on fan engagement and telling that story with fans and creating opportunities at the racetrack and activations that were hands-on for fans to, you know, look at their own, you know, environmental footprints 
and and kind of try to follow the lead of NASCAR. So that's still very interesting. It's still very top of mind for NASCAR. It's still very inspiring. And then I think it's only going to get you know more interesting as this new car comes out in the next couple of years. You know, it's so interesting because I was having a conversation just last week with Lou, who runs the Green Sports blog. And he mm-hmm. was saying that we're moving towards a Green Sports 2.0 phase where it's not just about getting your own house in order, it's about getting your fans in order. And, you know, it's interesting to hear that NASCAR is moving in that direction as well, you know, with getting your fans on board with being sustainable, both at the track when they're there or being fans, but also when they go home and and what they do when they translate that into their own lives. So it's interesting to hear that they're moving in the same directions. So that's an interesting piece is the brands and sponsors that are involved. And I know you brought up some of the car companies that are, you know, the big three in NASCAR. Who are the other, I guess, leading companies when it comes to being green, particularly in the auto space, but also just in the sports world that you've come across? Who's who's doing a good job? What are the bright spots here? Interesting. I mean, I guess you can look at different industries and, and and pick some out i know as far as nascar goes it, it's interesting to see what sunoco has been doing with fuels safety clean how they're recycling oils at every racetrack even how race teams are using some of the recyclable oil products coca-cola has stepped up to the plate quite a bit even just on the fan engagement side aside you know showing how fans can gets recycled and you know their processes you know inside their industry and how they're you know I guess, you know, moving more and more sustainability each and every day. And geez, I mean, there's so many brands that are doing stuff. It's hard to pick some out, but I guess, you know, the big ones that I've seen just in NASCAR alone, you know, companies like Sunoco and Safety Clean and Coca-Cola, which is a big NASCAR partner, EPS, you know, they've done quite a bit as well. And it's not because, I mean, they always look at an ROI, I guess, when they're doing these things, but a lot of them are, are seeing that, you know what, it's great that there's an ROI but it's more that it's just important and it's the right thing to do. And I think that message is starting to get more traction is that, you know, we have, we see a problem, we understand there's an ROI and there's there's ways that we can make money off of you know, being more sustainable, but at the end of the day, it's just the right thing to do. Right. So I've got a couple more questions for you and then I'll let you go. You're the first engineer we've spoken to. And okay. so um, <laughs> from, you know, uh, many of the listeners of this podcast in, are going to be university students in sport programs and sustainability programs, high school students who may be interested in sustainability and you know want to want to get the inside scoop on what's going on in sports. So when it comes to from your engineering perspective, you know some of the new technologies that are coming out, what are the most exciting ones? What do you think is really kind of cutting edge or could be coming up in the next few years that we should be watching out for as fans? Again, like you know, I'm so into the NASCAR scene, <laughs> and I'm really pumped up about this new car that's coming out. I think it's going to really change the landscape of how, how NASCAR racing is, is done. I don't think it's going to change, you know, the way racing happens on the racetrack, but I think it's going to, you know, be huge as far as sustainability goes and as far as environment goes. I think this new car is going to be just beyond efficient. And it's going to save race teams a lot of money. They're going to rely on less vehicles. Currently, race teams, you know, especially in the top tier of NASCAR, will build you know, new cars like weekly. So they'll go through 15 to 25 cars in a year. Whereas this new car, one of the big target goals is that teams will only have to have a couple of them. And they'll be able to use them at all the different racetracks. So that alone, you know, is will be a huge movement in itself, just the amount of waste that 
that happens, you know, turning over cars and that these race teams just, you know, continually build and, you know, scrap old cars and build new ones. It's just like a, a daily thing right now. Whereas this new car is kind of targeted at, you know, getting rid of that, cutting down on costs and, and also cutting down on materials by quite a bit. So pretty excited about that and the technology that's going into that car as far as you know, an engineering standpoint, just seeing that landscape. And even in the industry, like it's, it's all pointing that way. We're seeing the automotive industry going through a big change and, and we're getting less dependent on oil, which is interesting because it affects so many different things other than just, you know, the automotive world and, and racing. You know, our, our dependence on oil just in life is, is huge. I mean, if anything we can do to kind of get away from that or look at other alternatives, uh, look at other technologies, then I think that right there is, it would be the biggest thing. So you are a big spokesperson for the environment within the NASCAR community. Who are the others? Who else is really leading this charge and being outspoken about being environmentally friendly? Yeah, well, NASCAR itself is doing a great job. And other racing sanctioning bodies are doing a great job as well. Like F1 is doing a phenomenal job when it comes to, when it comes to this. And I think we're, we're all trying to take that lead. But as far as race teams, you know, there's, there's definitely some big teams in, in the top tier NASCAR like Roush Racing who... You know, they put a big focus on the environment and sustainability and, and how, you know, their bottom line is affected and how they operate as a business. And so they're, you know, they're ones to definitely look up to. But a lot of my mentors have come, you know, within the NASCAR world and, and then within the green sports world, even just through the Green Sports Alliance, just you get to meet so many, you know, different people that are that share your passion that are in a different space. So you get to learn from that. Even just little things of, you know, how they're engaging fans or what they're doing at their facility or, you know, what they're doing within their league or sports team or how they're engaging their, you know, pro athletes within the community to, to spread the message. And, and even just how a lot of the pro athletes, they buy into it or they're already bought in or they're already the leaders. Andrew Ference is a good example from, you know, he used to play for the Edmonton Oilers. He still lives in Edmonton. And he's a huge, you know, advocate for the environment and, and what he does and, within that community and within the NHL as well is it's very commended and you know a lot can be learned from that and apply to other other sports leagues as well. It's funny you bring up Andrew because, you know, some of the he's one of the names that comes up a lot, especially in the Canadian community, I find. And it it's cool to hear that you're mentioning people from across different sports. You know, the NASCAR community is is big and tight knit kind of all at once. And I think most the sport community writ large is very much the same in the sense that everyone seems to know everybody in this industry. And so right. <laughs> hearing hearing referrals and hearing, you know, that kind of praise for athletes and other sports is is interesting and inspiring to hear. So my last one for you, you know, pretty straightforward. If you had one takeaway, one thing that you would say, you know, kids, if you're listening or, you know, fans, if you're listening, one takeaway related to sustainability as it relates to NASCAR and your career, what would it be? I guess it's just with, with pro sports, we have such a platform to communicate and to engage within communities. I mean, that's kind of why the whole Green Sports Alliance was created, was just because of the voice that pro sports has. And so if you're, if you're in this industry and you're passionate about sustainability and you're passionate about sports, I think the one thing you have to realize is that that passion is, is something that can be leveraged with the fan base and, and the voice that you know athletes have the voice that teams have the voice that facilities have is kind of unlike any other industry that i've seen I and mean, it's just something that unites everybody and so 
you know, if we can be united through sport and we can share the environmental message, you know, we can all get on board and we can all tackle this together. I think that's that's the biggest takeaway for, for this and for, for sports in general is that it's just such a huge platform that you know, kind of unites everybody. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and really appreciate your insights. Have a good rest of your day. Perfect. Thank you very much.